0: Love Talk Radio. My dear friends, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, bringing you the most helpful and most fascinating people in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. This is Bart Jackson, the Hieronymous Bosch of Business, with today's laser focus on. The Odd Coupling, Men and Women in Business. Yesterday, we are going to delve into perhaps the globe's oldest and most joyous enigma, how marvelously these two different genders may work and play together uh, with one another in the realm of business. And by the sweet hand of fate and agile scheduling, we have at the table best-selling author, insightful business philosopher, an amazing man, mentor for personal mastery and um, oh, that the head of, of uh, several self-help uh, positions, who has lifted thousands onto a brighter half, Mr. Gary Douglas. Gary, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Bart.
0: Oh, so glad you could be here. And Gary, just, just to give us a little foretaste of of the feast to come, my wife's husband always says there are no more incorrect sentences than those beginning with "all women always do" or "all men always say." So I think we need a little myth busting at the start. And I was look, let's pick on the men first. Could you give us one of the most prevalent misconceptions to which we males desperately cling to concerning working with women in in uh, in the office?
1: Yeah. Women Alrighty. are the kinder and gentler sex. <laughs>
0: and and uh you and you have found out that it ain't necessarily so,
1: huh? It ain't necessarily so, Now, Especially in business. I mean one of the things that is so interesting is uh, you know, it's like I grew up in the age before women's lib and then after right. women's lib. And uh-huh. it's interesting. To watch the the women in business before Women's Lib, they mm-hmm. were they would use a little coquette, they would use a little sexual innuendo, they would use
0: mm-hmm.
1: femininity to get men to do what they wanted. Right. And and then after Women's Lib, it became I need you to do this and I want this and I want this <laughs> and it's like and I went whoa okay and it became where the women were trying to prove they were better than men by being meaner than men. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: That's You know, I
0: think you really have got something there, because I am of that generation, and I have witnessed what you say. So, men, we have just been taught a good lesson out there by Gary. And we are headed for a feast of wisdom, as I'm sure each individual out there will agree, and I mean whether you are the owner of a driving school in the auto-rarefied city of Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, like Baal, who does well, by the way, or a landlord personally shouldering the role of general contractor just to keep building repair costs down like art. The Art of the CEO is here for your benefit, and every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the Art of the CEO streams magically through the immensely misunderstood realms of cyberspace. We may listen and download it by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the Art of the CEO. Yes, that's blogtalkradio.com slash the Art of the CEO, where every week you may gather up uh the Sage Council from Business Masters to make your careers thrive and your ventures absolutely flourish. But before you and Gary and I all launch, why don't we take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom? So as I always do, allow me to remind each of you that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of chief executive officer of yourself. Now that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, so why not pause and ponder and ask, will this be the day that you seize upon the course that you want and paddle like hell streaming down that sluice way toward fulfillment? or will you continue to concentrate on merely steering away from the obstacles that others have put in your path the choice is truly yours and as a second utensil it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 best business quips book so let's let's turn early let's turn okay here we are here's number here's number 14 <clears throat> today's trendy managerial pundits insist executives master the art of storytelling but frankly, most execs I know already have brilliantly mastered this art form on their tax forms. And as an afterthought, not everyone's an appreciator of good fiction. And storytelling is only one of the most effective ways to drive home your point and win the hearts and minds of employees. Uh, of course, leaders could try setting just setting an admirable example and treating everyone they encounter with utmost respect. I know it doesn't sound well in keynote speeches, but it does work wonders. Anyway, that's just a thought. And as a third utensil hops which it, uh it would prove appropriate to call today's utensil the nesting spoon. Uh, so coming at you right now is last week's business quotation. And hang with us, because later on the show, blurting its way toward you is another enriching quotation. Or, And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of this quote, simply... Write down that sage's name as you believe him or her to be, and email that to info at bartsbooks dot com. That's i n f o at b a r t s b o o k s dot com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote—that is, the individual who said everybody gets so much information all day long that they just lose their common sense. Those words were spoken by none other than poet and novelist Gertrude Stein, who muttered them back way before, uh, before World War II. I never know. So with the utensils at hand, my my friends, let's tuck into today's Feast of Wisdom, turn again to the master of both business and personal insight, Mr. Gary Douglas. Gary, I was wondering if you could enlighten us, Many of your readers and and our listeners know you as as the advocate of benevolent capitalism and self-realization. And with your books, The The Gentleman's Club and Salon FM, you now have leapt right into the great divide, the yin-yang, guys and dolls, Mars and Venus and so forth. What turned your perceptive pen toward men and women?
1: Well, basically it came down to it's like what I had to deal with in private sessions all the time the world was calling me, you know, they were calling me and they wanted a private session with me and they wanted to deal with some issue they had. And mm-hmm. I would and I was having to deal with their perceptions about men and women. And the one thing, like I said earlier, it's like the one thing I discovered about men is they all had this illusion that all women were kinder and gentler than men. <laughs> and I go uh Oh, okay, and what, do you, and what do you base that on? Well, it's like, it's just what I know is true. Okay, uh-huh. so whatever uh-huh. you have to back up that truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I said, well, then why are you keeping it as a truth? If it's not true, then you, if it's true, you would have evidence to prove it's true. If it's not true, right. you find the evidence that that's not true. <laughs> it
0: does not. It does make a lot of sense. Well, you know, now you took this in, in both these books. Uh, you you formed real conversations with a group of men and women. Were, were these structured from your sessions? What what, what, uh, what were you seeking when these, you when you put them together? Conversation.
1: They were actually seminars that I did telecall that were that I did. Uh, I don't know twenty some odd with the women to oh try and help God. them recognize where they needed to function from. Because so many of were telling me, oh, men keep us down, and men stop us from doing anything. And I went, yeah, yeah. have you noticed what you have there, lady? You have the two things no man can resist. Right, and, right. And the golden vajayjay. So right, you right. Admit, you have control over men. They don't have control over you. How are you using your control? And it was startling to find out that most of them had never bothered to find out how to use what they had and i went say what how could you not know that you could use this to your advantage you know and it's fun
0: go ahead
1: go on i was going to
0: say that when when i uh put together the book called behind every successful woman is herself the first yeah. title I had originally chosen for that book was called The Feminine Advantage. And when I started phoning around to get uh, collaborators and, and women's advice for the book, several of them took real offense at that. And I think some of them, the idea of the feminine got, got linked with feminist. But uh, are you, you're sort of saying that you don't... Uh, that, that most women are, aren't aware of the feminine advantage uh and uh, got any clues on how it might be
1: better expressed? Well, I mean, if they if they start from the point of view that men have the advantage, then they have to make mm-hmm. themselves more like a man, which means a total invalidation of them as a woman. Right. And it's like, right. I have this woman who's like six feet tall that is my worldwide coordinator, and she's not a mm-hmm. tiny woman. Okay. Right. And it's like, and I said, you know, it's like, ladies, you have to learn how. It's like, be in the south for a while, and you'll figure this out. But it's like, <laughs> women always say to men here, "Lover, will you do this for me?" Or, you know, "Excuse me, sir, can you help me with this?" And she right, she right. she has she says that to men in airports all over the world because she wants to test it. Right, you know, and she she says, "Okay, so excuse me, sir, can you help me with this?" And guy, mm-hmm. guy's voice goes down an octave, at least maybe two. <laughs> sure, honey, I'll be glad to help you. You know, and they, right. literally, they are more than happy to pick up her suitcase or take her her thing out of the overhead or whatever, because it's like men have been taught by their mothers that they are supposed to prove that they love a woman. They need to do right. something for her. And right, so you got to right. get how men have been trained by their mothers from day one and start using those to your advantage. Can you help me with this? Can you do this for me? We'll always work with a man. With mm-hmm, a woman, mm-hmm. you need to talk about it terminally and do nothing. <laughs>
0: Well, I will say one thing about that though, Gary. It's it's the one thing that your woman is doing to the man is with the may you help me with this, she is, if you use the over cliched phrase, she's empowering him. That is, she is saying, I think you are capable of doing this and this is what fires uh it fires anybody, regardless of gender. It also fires courtly love. Men not only are they taught to do this, but I must say, I enjoy uh, performing. I, I yes, bro. All right, you caught me performing for women. I enjoy <laughs> doing things. Up. you see? You nailed me right here with my big mouth. But I was oh. in a. I will say, I was in a Scottish castle where holding open doors and moving chairs for women was literally a matter of it took the strongest person to do it. It was a it's a physical thing. But yeah. I like. I, I'm saying I like it. And if you play to that, it's it's
1: not a bad thing, do you think? No. I didn't say it was a bad thing. I said okay, you gotta okay. know how you can do it. And what I try right. to get the women to realize, it's like if you really want to create a better relationship in yeah, any yeah. circumstance with a man, always ask him to do something for you. And he'll right. say yes because he wants to be of service. He wants to do that.
0: I mm-hmm, said, you know, mm-hmm. it's like
1: and if you know, it's like if you're a man and you, you know, it's mm. like And if you want to get a woman to help you with something, what you do is like, Mm -hmm. excuse me, I don't understand this. Can you help me here? Always ask for help Ah. because then the woman gives you advice. And women can come up with great advice if they are not dedicated to being superior to a man.
0: Okay. All right. Now, Gary, you noted in your uh, Gentleman's Club book that women are – not so likely to stab men in the back, but they are more than ready, willing, and able to go after the testicles, unquote. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I know there's several listeners here, and myself included, who would love to hear a little elaboration on that one.
1: Well, what I've noticed with women is it's like the women in business in particular will have this point of view that they must, of necessity, uh, control what's going on. So, it's like if they don't think they're controlling it, then they will go after you if you're a man. They will go after your very genitals. They think Mm -hmm. their job is to disembowel a person. No, they're not going to disembowel you, but they're going to cut off your testicles if they can. So, they will find some way to invalidate your masculinity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's like, okay. So, it's like, what does that mean? Nothing. And it's like men need to get over the idea that it means something and All right they've got All right. to look from a different point of view. they've got to look at what works for them
0: okay well give give me an example give us an example of something that a woman might say to i've i've come up i've i come to a, a lady in the office, and um she's she's got a if if you'll forgive the phrase a bone to pick with me and uh she she uh, goes after me. Do you have? Is, give me an example of, how,
1: of that you've seen uh, how this works. Well, what I've seen women do is go. You know, it's like they will go. Uh, I had a lady who went after me, and she said, Mm-mm. "You know, are you are, are you sure you're going to pay this?" And I said, "Yes, I told you I'd pay it tomorrow." Well, how right. do so I know you're going to pay it? And I go, "Cuz I've told you I will pay it." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, "Could you please stop treating me like I'm some kind of child?" And she goes, well, stop giving me evidence that you are. They say, what? Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Now, and and you're saying, and I think quite rightly, that, that we men have to get over that. This is, uh, the woman uh, has a ploy based on, actually, a little bit of weakness, I would say. But nonetheless, she's, this is a ploy. And that's what it is. It's no more. You, you do not have to no cross your legs, guys, and throw on the cup. Right?
1: Nope. No, okay. I don't. You have to allow yourself to be aware. And the thing is that, you know, it's like there's four questions that will give you clarity on anything. What is it? Okay. What What do I do with it? Can uh-huh. I change it? Can I change it? And if so, how do I change it? Right, right. And it's like, so you have to be willing to look at that from a different point of view than what most people do
0: what you've just given us is a verbal triage and i think boy i that is a quill pen moment ladies and gentlemen i would like you to take those words that get, the questions that gary has just posed dip your pens in the inkwell and mark that down because you have it, he has given you an outline of consideration rather than coming back with gut reaction and holding two sharp fistfuls of lapels and uh, thank you very much for that one and Gary, as we're, we're moving along here, I just want to ask you, in today's business bestiary, this is a, something we have, we have many appropriate names for various groups, such as a clutch of accountants, a sneer of bankers, a petty of project managers, you get the idea. So, <clears throat> yeah. we've picked on the men, how would you describe a gathering of business women, and, and only
1: women? Uh, I would say it's sort of like a gathering of the queen of the queens of Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, uh, and I, I should, I should feel
0: unmasculine because I didn't paint the roses red. Right. Oh my gosh.
1: That's right. You know?
0: Oh my, you, 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 you're very sharp, my friend. So, uh, Before we all uh, race off toward toward the midpoint, Gary, could you tell people, first of all, where they can uh, get uh, some copies of these two and and your other books?
1: Well, they're on Amazon, but you can also go to accessconsciousness.com, the bookshop, and all of our books are available there. Now, it's like a lot Mm -hmm. of the things that I've said may have sounded offensive, But ultimately, I have a different point of view about women than most people think. The thing is, Mm -hmm. from my perspective, women's job is to create the future. What they misidentified and misapplied that having children was creating a future. It's not. It's just creating future generations. So the future is where they want to head. And most women are warrior women, zenas as it were. And if they'd all wear those little pointed bras, it would be really nice. But it's like most (laughs) of the time... That sounds sexist, and it is, and it's okay. I don't care. Yeah, well, with that, uh, but I like the
0: tassels myself, but go ahead. Yeah.
1: yeah, so it's like, but the thing is that if they get that they really are the warriors of the world, and they want to go out and conquer the world, they don't want to stay home and be barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. It's not their criterion. It's like, and the ones that have realized that after doing Salon de Femme or reading it, they went, wow, this is giving me such freedom because I knew I had more to offer than I was ever able to acknowledge. I said, yeah. And that's what we all have to get. That's what we actually right. have to offer that we're not giving. So mm-hmm. go to accessconsciousness.com and look at the bookstore, and there's all kinds of them there. And you can also go okay. to Amazon. Look up Gary Douglas and Dane here, and there you go.
0: Okay, we will. And I do want to talk more when we come back about that, uh, about the uh, roles uh that, into which uh, both genders have been forced. But right now, uh, we've come to the midpoint, and this is Bart Jackson, and you've pulled up your chair to the art of the CEO radio show streaming live from blogtalkradio.com. And since we've come to the midpoint of today's feast, why don't we take a brief survey and introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is... Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books' Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit Bart's that's Bart'sBooks.com, that's dot com, and explore a wide wealth of really practical wisdom from many business masters. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would like to invite you to take a look at one book which has helped a, a great many women with their careers, entitled Behind Every Successful Woman is herself. And this is a little gem of a guide, embracing the thoughts of many, many leading businesswomen, and provides techniques and disciplines and that all-important attitude for ladies who want uh, their careers to soar and who may be looking at either a board seat or their own business or however far uh, their souls and minds would like to go. It makes an ideal gift for a graduate and anyone who's on her way into the business community. And, uh, and by the way, if you enjoyed today's quip, you may and say, "Geez, I'd like to laugh a little bit more." Just go to com, click on that little blue mailbox on the home page, and absolutely three through the Eternal Enigma of Email. You will receive a little bit of laughter and perhaps a dose of wisdom, or at least half wit, coming your way every week. And my publicist. In Is waving her arms and telling me to say that uh, we're coming out with another book of quips. This is entitled 102 Best Business Quips and they're all new and they're all as laughable as my wife finds her husband. So, uh, before I get us all labyrinthally lost in the Barst book stacks, let's return to the sage of personal realization and perception, Mr. Gary Douglas and Gary, I wanted to... uh, I, I noted what you said something about the, the roles of the past. It's long been my contention that so much of the difference we behold in workplace dates way back to the Neolithic flint shippers and the conditioning that we've gotten, the, the molds of hunter and protector for the male and creators and tenders, and we would have been gently, or not so gently, had our genders wedged into these roles. And I was wondering, do you see a hefty dose of historical nurture in with our natures?
1: Well, basically what it boils down to is the roles of nurture and care have kind of shifted rather dynamically. Right now, okay. there's a whole lot of emphasis on making men more nurturing and caring of children and that kind of stuff. Right, right. And it's like right now, a nanny in New York City earns $60,000 uh, a year, and a manny oh, earns 100000 or more a year. A man Mm -hmm. who takes care of kids is more valuable. How has that gotten to be that case? Huh? You know, it's like it's bizarre. Maybe it's by
0: the pound. Do you suppose that's it?
1: That could be. God, that would
0: make sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's basically what it
1: boils down to is that the nurturing elements of man have gone from you have to hunt and gather to you have to take care of the home. And Mm -hmm. it's like one of the distinctions I make in my work is that. There are humans and humanoids. Humanoids <laughs> always want the best. They are looking for something more. They're never, you know, they judge themselves more than they do anybody else. And they they want to have a different relationship than most people want to have. They're also yeah, ones yeah, who yeah. create the most in the world. They're more creative and they, they create all the great music and art and all that kind of stuff. And the mm-hmm. humans are satisfied with what they got. They want to sit down, watch TV, drink a beer, and watch football. Right, And, right. you know, it's like that's not what the current man is functioning from at this anymore. And so there's all these places where the nurturance that men are mm-hmm. is coming to the fore. And it has been for the last 30 years, there's been a huge emphasis in the psychological fields for creating that. Men are okay. nurturing. Rather than men are hardcore and they go to work and they work twenty four hours a day and they come home and expect to be taken care of. That's really not the way it is.
0: Well of course part of that is also need. I mean if I uh two years ago I was out traveling with a tribe of Maasai and they come to to stop and rest and they uh the women all go together. They make the houses. They get the food. They set everything down. And you think, what do the men do? Well, the men go out individually, alone, form a circle to protect uh, the for some, from some very real predation uh, of both two and four legged kind. And so it's and that need so that need is for that very small dwindling society, but it's it's not necessary here. We have societally taken care of protection. I suppose uh, you, you might say we've robbed men of that role. But uh it's uh there the, the, much of this is need, correct?
1: Uh well to a certain extent it's need, but it's like once again, I'm gonna go back to women's lib. You know, it's like right. men men knew what their role was before mm-hmm. women's lib occurred. Then women were supposed to be able to be a man and do everything a man was, and he wasn't needed anymore. And so his roles kind of have become ambiguous. And very few men have an idea of how to be a man. And it's like one of the things I'm mentioning in my books is that men have tried to become manginas. Right, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they, they do, you know, sobbing and they do, you know, tears and they do all this stuff as though that's supposed to make them. Somehow acceptable to a woman. Right.
0: Now right, right, being right.
1: acceptable, what you really want in a relationship? You want to be acceptable, nope. or do you want to be valued? Ah, like uh, now we're talking. People, yeah. So it's like you got to get to this place, and and the same thing applies in business. It's like, are you mm-hmm. valuable to the people you're in business with? I mean, I have, I have the majority of the people that run my company worldwide are women. Right, hmm hmm Okay? And they're yeah. some of the smartest men I ever met in my life. Uh-huh. Half uh-huh. of them function more like a man than a woman.
0: They don't right. want to sit around right. and
1: talk about it. They want to choose and do.
0: And right. men right. have been
1: taught always to choose and do. Women have been taught to sit around and talk about it and then let it happen. And it's mm-hmm. like hoping that a man will do it or something. I don't know what, but it's like what has occurred is that these women who are really functioning more like men, where they go, okay, let's do this, and they come to an awareness, they choose it, and then they go with it and try to create it. It's an amazing gift to see where the female stops, the male begins. The funny part about it is all of these women are highly sexual, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they have a good time. And they,
0: Well, I tell you, I... I can see that, but I'm still going to go back a little bit with you on this. In that, uh, the, the, what they're doing is they're fulfilling the they are fulfilling the need and the role as it is given to them. They don't. Uh, a lot of people, in particularly in more compact and leaner organizations, do not need uh, to be a great consensus builder. Uh, which, if you are the primary caregiver, doing weaving in a group, and you're you're putting uh, the clan meal together, you, you you better build a consensus. If you're the person out there alone with a lion facing that, you jolly well better know how to take care of that lion on your own and handle it that way. So I guess what I'm saying is here is you have women who are put in the role of being, here's a decision, here's something that must be done, and they are, like any good human being, they're adapting. And I think it's great that they can take that role, and I, I think it's great when any human being adapts to the need of whatever the business is and uh, i i think you're right uh i hate to say it but we are running off, So give us uh again one one more uh way we can get hold of of uh, access consciousness again well you go to
1: accessconsciousness.com and check out the bookstore and then you can okay. get all of the books that we have uh wonderful i
0: thank you so much and uh uh we'll have to come back and talk about partnerships. Give me uh I have just one quick quote. Oh, give me one last thought as we move away. Uh what is your thought about romance in the workplace?
1: Romance in the workplace is a guarantee of a problem if the people aren't clear about what their roles are. Mhm.
0: Mhm. And if they are, uh
1: if they are, if they are it really no doesn't problem. matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you know, it's like if they're clear where their roles are, then they know where to go and what to do and when to do. Alrighty,
0: Gary, I thank you very much. I hope uh, we can, from your busy speaking schedule, drag you back here again because it's it has been very enlightening and I, I've had a, a great deal of fun with it. So uh, I hope you all have, and I thank you very much for coming on.
1: No problem, glad to do it. Thank you.
0: Okay, and so. And now, as we round out today's show, uh, and the fracking foes went around in Florida and giving that state back uh, clean water, but also more energy problems. Life is a balance. Let me leave you with today's business quotation. Who is the person who said, "Change is inevitable, except from vending machines"? <laughs> and this is this was sort of silly, but it's it's an orth, the authorial source for this one is murky. I admit, but uh, the hint I'm going to say is I first heard it from this CEO of Google. So, there you have it. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that name down and send it off to info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com, to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Barts Books Bookstore. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband... Those who insist that there should be no romance in the workplace because it can lead to trouble have never observed the havoc romance has caused outside the workplace. And finally, to you who faithfully and uh, joyfully, hopefully, shared our feast, I hope that you've had as much fun uh, with the listening to The Art of the CEO as Gary and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash the Art of the CEO. And next week, do tune in to Blog Talk Radio, The Art of the CEO, because it's about bloody time that someone cleared away all this, this 24-7 of fiscal info chaff and gave you some real solid basics that are going to make you a wise investor. And that veteran sage is Mr. Robert Goldman. Much help, much truth coming your way. To each gentleman and each lady, may I say, as always, I thank you. It has been a privilege.